Um, the first thing we're going to do, and there's a couple of microphones on the table, but Jen, we might start down at your end. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, something that's not work-related, something that is work-related, and why this topic is interesting to you. Okay. Uh, so I'm Jen, uh, and I attend this church, have been for about uh, maybe seven years. Uh, something about myself. Yes. Um, I'm going to go skiing this skiing season, looking forward to it. <laughs> Haven't done it for a while. Uh, and uh, I like drinking coffee. Um, I work during the week as an ESL teacher on a, a kind of academic communication ESL at UTS in the city. Beautiful. And in terms of this topic, what was your entryway in? What, what interests you about this topic? Um, it was, I think, coffee, actually. My growing... Uh, love of coffee got me thinking about it and it tied into actually someone that I work with at UTS being an advocate I guess for um, fair practices for coffee farmers mm -hmm. and this doco that she put on at lunchtime called um, Black Gold I think it was 10 years ago uh, to get me thinking wow how much I pay for a cup of coffee and how much of that or how little of that is in uh, income for the farmer and so the, the fat is in the middleman so yeah Beautiful, and it's a good point to raise because even though we'll focus a little bit on fashion tonight, that the principles that we discuss flow out into the foods we eat, not the clothes we wear, and all sorts of products um, that we buy, the environmental impact they have, but also the social impacts they have mm -hmm. as well. And uh, Courtney and Dixon, I mean, you can go individually or collectively. <laughs> you can be one person or two. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself or yourselves. <laughs> Uh, so I'm Courtney. Um, I work in law. Um, I work at Legal Aid at the moment. This is my first year out of uni working full time um, and I work in their human rights team. And so um, I've always had a really big passion for social justice. Um, it's why I chose to study what I did and why I'm now working in the field that I'm working in. Um, and um, yeah, I'm also like, um, while I guess I work in law Monday to Friday, but I also um, love being creative, and so I do quite a few kind of fun creative things on the side, like photography and writing and um, all of those fun things. Beautiful. And Dixon. Hey, everyone. I'm Dixon. I'm married to beautiful Courtney. Um, how, how many months now? Almost nine months. Almost nine months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yes, a bit about me. So I work as a lawyer during the week. Um, I work in commercial business law. Um, something else about me, which kind of relates, well, we'll, I'll try and relate it to this topic, is I love a good bargain. Um, so find, waiting and finding uh, and getting a good bargain really gives me great satisfaction and joy. Uh, so if anyone's in need of a good like dinner bargain, come, come grab me afterwards. Uh, but more importantly, I think what's really drawn me to uh, this topic uh, firstly is, is Courtney and her real passion for it. Um, it's got me thinking a lot more since uh, we've been married um, and also just having more kind of ownership and ability to kind of control what we buy. Um, as a married couple now, um, we make a lot more of the decisions of what we're purchasing uh, each week. And so um, I think there's more scope to actually... Um, yeah, not only think about it, but make really conscious decisions. Um, and now, kind of going back to my whole bargain um, kind of joy, uh, I think, yeah, it's something I still wrestle with because often uh, buying ethical um, products aren't the best bargain. 
Uh, and I think what I've been really challenged by um, through talking to others and through going to conferences is sharing God's heart um, for others. Um, and so that actually means maybe not finding the best bargain for me, um, but finding the kind of best um, deal or um, outcome for those around me. Fantastic. And I believe the two of you did kind of a youth group talk on this um, same sort of topic recently. All right, we're going to pick our way through some of the questions. Um, but one of the ones that I wanted to ask you, Susie, just to follow on from things that you had to say, and, and also just from what Dixon just said as well. So I, I went through the um, ethical fashion guide. Um, by the way, I went and bought mine, I got mine on, online um, through Baptist World Aid, and there's an opportunity if you do that, you can donate a little bit of money um, when you do it. And I would just encourage you that if you're going to go and do the app thing or you're going to download the PDF or whatever, um, it's always nice to go and give a few dollars because it does go to help pay for advocacy God bless as you, well. Brother. Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, you've got a free one, but if you want to get one on your phone, go through the uh, Baptist World Aid um, um, website and, and, you know, if you want to, it's just nice to give a little donation. But so when I was reading through this and I was looking at some of the companies and some of them really surprised me. I went, oh, wow, you know, Adidas or Adidas, you know, it's done really well. But I was raised in Colorado. And when Colorado, the fashion, you know, logo came out, Colorado, that's Rocky Mountains. It's fresh air. It's earthy. And I would have expected, I used to buy Colorado stuff before all of the um, outlets <laughs> went out. Um, and I noticed they got a really bad score. So if I look up, um, you know, Colorado, and I'm wearing Colorado pants on, is the idea, okay, I'm not wearing, I'm not buying Colorado anymore, or am I meant to contact the company? What, what's the process? How do we do this? So there are a, a couple of ways that advocacy happens. One is just, just the fact that we give companies a grade is an incentive to them to do better. Um, I, I was saying to a couple of people in the break that um, most of the companies are horrified to find out that, that their workers in their factories in some country that they've never been to are being mistreated, right? Um, but once they find out, then they want to improve. Um, but so, the, so just by producing this and giving them a grade is an incentive. But the more we as consumers say to them, actually, I really do care about this, because sometimes they say to us, oh, people don't really care, they'll still buy whatever they want. We also have to show them with kind of people power that no, we will select not to. So um, on our website, if you, if you go to our ethical fashion, fashion guide, there's an opportunity for you to you know, put a Facebook post um, to, to say good on you, thank you to the brands that you like, or to say, hey, I really like Colorado jeans, to, uh, and put it on the Colorado Facebook page, and saying, but I also want to make sure that I'm shopping ethically, so please can you make sure that you do get a better grade next year? You know, and, and they listen to that. You, you try it, they'll answer you. Fantastic. I wanted to ask um, you guys some of the same questions. So, Jen, you mentioned um, coffee, and this has come up a few different times. So, when, when you're looking for an ethical brand of coffee, how do you decide if, uh, if a brand is ethical? What are some of the um, criteria? Mm, um, so I'm no expert, but uh, there is the <coughs> Fairtrade logo, the official Fairtrade logo. 
um, and if there's a few, yeah, so you've got to look into, like I noticed McDonald's has one with the frog on it, but it's not, anyway, look into it and, uh, <coughs> and then, so they're, by having that stamp, they are promising not just wages, like fair wages, but also uh, maybe it's, uh, it guarantees working conditions, it guarantees, um, in, it invests in infrastructure around the communities that these um, coffee farmers are working in. So I guess as much as possible, not always possible, looking um, uh, if there's that fair trade logo on coffee and even chocolate, things like that as well. Okay, hmm. fantastic. And you guys mentioned, you know, buying bargains and all that, but when you think about shopping ethically, what are some yeah. of the things that you're looking for? Um, I mean, apart from those indicators that a lot of brands do provide on certain products and things that you can, um, those indicators that you can kind of research as well, I think something else that's important to think about is actually your own consumer habits um, with food, with clothes, different things like that, actually starting to shop more intentionally as opposed to um, with a really kind of quick, fast, every like I want everything now kind of mentality, which I think is what's really promoted in um, particularly the West, um, the rich West. Um, and so I think for me, a big thing recently, like while thinking about all, like all of these this whole topic has been actually changing my mindset around how and um, how and when I want you know certain products and um, to actually learn to want less and um, to actually um, in my habits affect you know the supply and demand kind of thing that have, you know will shape um, the behavior of corporations and, and things like that um, in addition to looking into the quality um, and you know ethical nature of, of the products that I'm buying if that makes sense no, it does mm. make sense any further comment? Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, echoing what's already been said, um, trying really hard to not buy into consumerism uh, and things like fast fashion, um, keeping up with the latest trends, um, all of that. It's hard. It's hard because the world around us kind of shouts at us and encourages us to get the newest gadget uh, or update your clothes. Uh, and, yeah, we might feel like we're left out if we don't follow and, and keep up. Um, so it's really being conscious and, and fighting it. Um, and I think as well, we kind of talked a little bit about the environmental side of things um, last week and, and here tonight as well. Um, just little kind of items that um, might cost more now, uh, might be a bit of an investment, um, but actually would be uh, much more ethical and, and better for um, the environment and for, um, say, the future generations and, and, and now as well. So um, something like... Um, not, get, not using plastic straws um, and not using plastic bottles but using reusable um, items. Um, they're kind of really little changes that um, we can start making um, and kind of take steps um, and train our minds into thinking that way as well. Fantastic. Um, I noticed a couple of um, questions came up regarding the, the second-hand industry and I was curious some of your opinions on this. I actually remember being at, at um, Bible college and this guy who came up who was very into we need to use our money wisely, there was a group of us standing around. He went, brand, brand, brand. He pointed to all of our T-shirts. And he goes, you're all wearing $100 T-shirts. And he goes, mine costs $20. And my wife um, for 20 years was in the secondhand clothing industry. And I said, um, I get mine by the kilo. This was 50 cents. You paid $20 for that shirt? <laughs> but... The other side of that is, let's just say, and I'm not speaking, I don't know where Nike fits in, but let's just say I had a Nike t-shirt on, and it is secondhand, because when you buy thrift, you're buying all the brands. So I go into the secondhand shop, and I get something that, poor brand, but 
but it's it's reused. I haven't paid the company for it. Any thoughts? I mean, about the ethics of, you know, you go to your eth ethical guide, but but it's already out there. It's been produced. It's been worn two or three times, and I'm buying. Any any thoughts, um, Susie, from from your standpoint, I'm buying, because you mentioned clothing swaps and this kind of thing. Are we just trying not to ever even touch the brands, or does it make a difference if it's second or third hand? Well, I, I agree with you about um, consumerism. I think li like the highest paid psychologists are paid by the advertising industry, and they are working really hard to, well, to get to our insecurities, if we've had a bad day with our boss or whatever, to, I, I heard an, adverti an advertising um, person said, we're trying to find the, cr the cracks in, in your you know, armor and open them up with a crowbar so that you will try to fill your emotional needs with things. So I think that buying secondhand is a really great way of not buying into consumerism. Um, I probably, you know, if there was a brand that got an F, I'd probably still want to wear it anyway. Um, but yeah, absolutely, we think that reusing and recycling and, and not buying into consumerism is better for us, psychologically. Okay. Any other thoughts from any of the rest of you about secondhand anything? Um, I guess just on, maybe more generally as well, um, I think you kind of win some and you don't lose some as such, but um, there are certain problems that you aren't able to fix. Like it, buying secondhand isn't necessarily a fix-all kind of um, solution, but it does do in itself many great things um, for the cause. And because um, obviously if, for example, it's a sec secondhand piece of clothing that you're buying that has been produced unethically, um, obviously the product has been produced, as you mentioned, Chad, and... Um, it's out there in the world, um, and but but I guess some of the good that would come from buying it secondhand is um, combating like that fast fashion kind of um, craze and trend that is driving you know the increasingly you know I guess not increasingly necessarily but there's um, the um, growing unethicalness of of um, clothing production that has become rampant and is now I guess um, hopefully going down, um, and it also um, is giving clothes another life that might otherwise be thrown out. And I think particularly these days, a lot of clothing is made with um, synthetic material, um, polyester, um, rayon, whatever it is. Um, all of these materials have um, microplastics in them, which when washed or when thrown out are being released into the environment and being consumed by animals and never you know, fully um, biodegrading because plastic doesn't biodegrade. Um, and so I think in giving them these clothes, you know, another life, um, you're kind of helping to reduce, I guess, the, um, the waste and the, um, that pollution that would be produced by um, just adding it to landfill, which is what happens to so much clothing, um, particularly in our society where we buy so much and so often. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to comment, generally speaking, because I know, because Perissa was in the secondhand clothing industry, when you go to these giant factories that are just secondhand clothing factories, I mean, you cannot imagine the tonnage of stuff. And so much of it is stuff that was bought this year and it's thrown out at the end of the year because you don't want to be seen in a second time. So the other thing I was thinking when you're talking about things that have changed in the world, the whole notion that, you know, you grow up and say, I've had this shirt for 20 years. It's, you don't think that way anymore. Clothes, clothing is disposable, TVs are disposable, your phone is disposable. So everything is made to be thrown away at the end of the year. 
and, and we need to think environmentally about that as well. I wanted to ask, just because this has come up about um, a few questions about minimum wage and this kind of thing. So you kind of mentioned, you know, that sort of dollar a day, um, third world sort of wage. So there was a big discussion, you know, recently in Australia about minimum wage and, you know, should it be lowered? Is that, you know, good for the worker, bad for the company and all that? So when you are trying to work out a, a minimum wage, um, what are the things that you, you, you know, you talk about a livable income, you know, so, so what are you looking at when, when you're determining that in different places? So, yeah, rather than saying minimum wage, we're talking about um, a living wage because in each different country and, for, you know, different people need a different amount of money in order to just survive. The, the things that we need, so a living mm -hmm. wage would be enough that you have food and clothing and shelter and and can send your kids to school, like basic stuff, which seems not unreasonable to ask for when you're being paid to work. Um, some of some of the companies are sort of really squeezing the factory managers tight to to not give them very much money, and so they're taking all the profits themselves to the point where the workers are not giving a living wage. I, I don't want to wear clothes that means somebody else doesn't get to eat. Sorry. Other thoughts on this? Yes. Um, yeah, it's hard to um, just, I don't remember the numbers, but I think I, the doco that you mentioned in your talk, True Cost, yeah, so I went to mm -hmm. a clothes swap actually at a friend's church earlier this year, and they showed uh, True Cost, and so it's on Netflix, that's great, I didn't know it was on Netflix now, so we can all watch it, and it gives you a, a fuller picture of um, the, the story behind these, there are people, there are factory workers that are really in unsafe um, situations uh, and what does it cost uh, for, yeah, what is that livable wage that they would need? It's really, uh, for us, maybe not that much and it sounds like for, you know, Kmart or whatever that organisation is, isn't that much more to make uh, someone's living um, comfortable and viable. Mm. So, yeah, I recommend True Cost um, on Netflix true cost of our clothing, but it makes us think about hmm. coffee and other things too. The money trail. Dixon, do you have something to say on this? Yeah, um, a couple of just quick thoughts. Um, I think, um, like, the first thing that comes to my mind, and as you mentioned, Susie, as well, is thinking about, like, the cost of living. Um, and we feel like the cost of living in Sydney, for example, um, is, is rising. So if you think about how much it might cost to um, rent a one-bedroom apartment in Stratfield, really close by. Um, that's often more than what people might earn um, in, in a week. Um, but the other thought I had um, from the legal kind of perspective um, is in the terms of minimum wage, um, something else that we can think about is um, like fair work. Uh, and um, try not to get too technical and too much detail, but um, different occupations have different awards um, as well. Um, and within those awards, there are minimum wages that are kind of prescribed. Um, so you must pay this type of worker um, of this level at least this amount. Um, and often that can be higher than the kind of the national uh, minimum wage. Um, so just additional kind of food for thought that um, we get told about the minimum wage, but there are kind of occupations um, that fall under awards um, which have pay rates and pay coverage as well. Fantastic. Um, I wanted to look at this um, question up in the, in the top 
left-hand corner um, as I'm looking at it. So do you think it matters if corporations embody ethical production methods but merely do so to satisfy what the consumers want as opposed to genuinely seeking to act, act ethically? So um, we were talking about the story that you told us, um, Susie, you know, of the, the CEO, CEO who says, oh, you know, $9 million, well, I guess we can afford that. You know, ideally, that's not necessarily the Christian motivation, that the dollar is the bottom line. But, yeah, it, it, if that does end up, you know, I, I want to stay in the market, and the market seems to be caring about ethics, um, what are your thoughts? Well, yeah, the, if, if, we, if we can't convince them any other way, then that's what I'm saying advocacy is, is by people power convincing them that, that this is the better way. But what we found is that that a lot of the companies, they genuinely want to do better. Some of them are actually, um, after we engage with them, are employing people to be specifically looking at this. Like I said, DJs now is, is seeking to make everything that they sell ethical. So, you know, th there are good people out there as well and we try to do our advocacy in a, in a relational and encouraging way that that helps the companies move towards this. It's, development is a continuum. You know, in Australia we didn't have awards for minimum wages back when. And so we're, we're talking about companies based in Australia where we, we do have this legal idea of what's fair and right, seeking to, to push that down the chain to, company, to countries that haven't developed those systems as well yet. I wanted to ask this um, to, to all of you just to think about, because there's a couple questions, but I noticed that one was, it may have gotten buried a little bit now, but it just talked about um, good places to, to thrift shop. And I, I just wanted to mention that, um, I, I don't know, are you guys aware that when you, th when you go and there's these charity bins, um, they're all run by different companies. And some of them are, uh, they're, they're done for profit. They are for-profit bins and they may have to give a small percentage um, to charity. But then there are other charity bins that are actual charities and they give huge amounts of their profits. I, just any thoughts, whether it's fashion or whatever, if people were gonna go and dump their stuff at a charity bin or if they're gonna buy from a thrift shop, recommendations? Well, I, d I wanted to give it to the panel first. Um, you know, any thoughts? Prissy, any thoughts? <laughs> um, I, I think it's really simple when you're, if you are going to go and put stuff um, in, in a clothing bin, um, just do be aware that um, a lot of those bins are uh, for profit and they are just... Um, people making a lot of money um, and a t giving a tiny percentage to whatever charity, um, you know, they're, they're sponsoring. So just, yeah, be conscious of that when you go and give your clothes. And same as um, charity shops, um, you know, if you see salvos on there, then you know it's going to a good place. But sometimes there's just um, indiscriminate kind of second-hand charity shops that are not charity shops at all and are going to go and take all your goodies and sell them on eBay. So 
Yeah, again, it's just, I guess this whole thing is a matter of um, educating yourself and just taking, going a little bit further to do a little bit more digging to make sure that everything's going to the right place. So hopefully if you see something that says Salvation Army bin or it says um, Anglicare or St. Vincent de Paul, you kind of hope that those are the ones that are actually recycling your money in a good way. If it's just strictly a commercial bin, um, it might say charity on it, but they have to, I think, say now what percentage is given. And some of those little stars might say 2 to 3% is all that goes to a charity, and you don't know what charity it is. So just, just be aware. Um, any I, thoughts? Yes. Yeah, can we Absolutely. a couple of things we wanted to add? Um, really wanted to kind of bounce off um, what was just said there. Um, I think for a long time, um, and when I had less kind of control over what I was buying as well, um, I kind of went blind into decisions. It's sort of like I didn't care so much about where it came from, how it was produced, everything else. Um, and yeah, I think it, it takes time, but to slowly train myself, ourselves, to, to educate ourselves, to be more aware, um, to actually think critically about these things. Um, I think we can very willfully just turn a blind eye to a lot of these issues, thinking that it doesn't make a difference or we can't make a difference when there is so much scope to do so. Um, another kind of practical thought about kind of thrift shopping, and I'll lead you into ideas and places. Um, I've seen Courtney do it with friends a lot of the time. So next time you want to ha hang out, catch up with someone, why not go to a thrift shop or a secondhand shop and do that? Great date idea as well. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and I think, I guess there's that scale of kind of, you know, there are certain charity stores that are kind of, you know, really great in that you're able to buy clothes, homewares, whatever it is, secondhand, but they're also giving a significant amount of their profits to, um, you know, those in need. And there are also those charity shops that aren't, um, but at the same time, you're still achieving some of, you know, what your goal might be in terms of um, buying things, um, secondhand and um, for your home for you know to wear whatever it is um, and so I think um, yeah d we don't need to like demonize you know um, certain things but it's just yeah about being conscious about those things and um, I don't know in terms of the question of like where's a good place to shop I'm not sure if that was in relation to the ethics of it or just like what where where has good things because <laughs> <laughs> they're both important right yeah exactly and i think um i guess if you are on the hunt for a good um thrift store um it's interesting to like go to different thrift stores around sydney because in different areas you'll actually see that things are priced differently um in more affluent areas of sydney um your salvos and your vinnies will have like a significant markup on um secondhand things um and in some less affluent areas um things are a lot cheaper and so um that's something to be aware of as well if you're thinking about incorporating thrifting into your um, shopping habits, which is a great thing. And they also just mentioned there's this question came up about are there other guides um, besides um, fashion guides? So whether any of you are aware of other types of buying guides or just other areas, because Dixon, you just mentioned, you know, just be becoming a, an aware consumer. So what are some other areas and maybe from personal experience, what are some different things that you have tried to do? Maybe we'll start down here since you've already kind of raised it, but any, any other area you think now, once upon a time, I wouldn't have thought twice, but now when I buy this, this is what I do and why? Yeah, um, to be honest, I think a lot of it has come from just talking to Courtney and seeing what she's passionate about. Um, so finding a friend um, or, or just looking into it um, yourself. So um, an example I can give um, 
something we bought more recently was beeswax wrap. How many people know what, what that is? Okay. I had no idea what that was. Um, to me, glad wrap was like, you know, what we had at home all day, every day. Uh, and, yeah, just seeing, like, something like that. Um, and just, I think my kind of model I ha- Oh, yeah, I should explain what it is. It's like, it's, it's used to, um, it's used kind of like glad wrap or plastic um, wrap. Um, but it's made out of cotton and beeswax. It's a reusable Yeah, and there's no plastic in it. Yeah, so, you should, so I'm getting a real education, like, all the time from Courtney. Um, but, yeah, I think it's sort of, like, for me, being someone who kind of had, like, zero knowledge and zero awareness, um, my motto is really just about taking little steps. Um, so reading an article. Um, for me, a big thing is learning statistics, um, reading about, you know, how long it takes for um, plastic to decompose, uh, things like that. Um, a little piece of kind of knowledge is just really impactful um, and really gets me thinking about um, and just seeing things differently, uh, which honestly is quite scary as well because I'm so used to one way of living. Um, but at the same time, I think, again, it's, I go back to it's got to be less about the self and the me and more about others and our neighbours. Courtney, since you've been giving, you know, giving good raps, uh, yeah, what, what are some other areas, um, some entry areas for, for the average person to, to be thinking about? Mm, yeah, so I, I could talk about a few. Um, I guess I'll start with clothing. I first came across the um, Baptist, like Baptist World Aid's um, ethical fashion guide at uni, actually, um, in a completely non-religious, non-Christian kind of setting. I was in um, an international human rights and advocacy class um, in one of my final years of uni, and um, our lecturer, she works in um, business and human rights and does a lot of research there. And um, one of our classes was spent watching The True Cost, um, the documentary. And then, um, so the documentary um, focuses on the collapse of Rana Plaza in 2013, which is an enormous um, factory complex um, in Bangladesh. Um, and basically how it happened was, like, over the course of a couple of days, enormous cracks had been appearing in walls. Um, the biz- Like, the building had never received proper, you know, structural certification and that kind of thing. Um, obviously, mostly women were working in the, in the building and they raised their concerns. Um, but, you know, they were repeatedly told that they could not leave, that they needed to keep on working. And, um, yeah, they were locked in. And um, a few days later, um, the entire building collapsed and over a 1,000 people, obviously mostly women, um, died as a result of the, of the collapse. And that was an enormous news story around the world and that brought a lot of attention to um, the clothing industry and the fast fashion industry. Um, and so I think, yeah, using like, um, things like this, and I think these days because pe- more people are aware of um, you know, supply chain issues and the, eth- the ethical problems around it, um, a lot more companies are actually including pages on their websites um, about their supply chain and how their clothes are manufactured. Um, and there are also, you know, um, companies and brands um, in Australia um, who, um, you know, make manufacture all their clothes here. Um, and in that sense, you know that there's, I guess, um, there are fewer levels between you and, you know, where your clothes are manufactured. And so you can um, be... Um, aware of more aware of the um, the ethical standards that are being met in your clothes. Um, I think for for us um, in our home, um, plastic use is a really big thing that we're trying to um, work on and um, get rid of. Um, and um, that I guess 
affects you know the environment and um, the vulnerable in the world on on so many levels. Um, I guess plastic use and um, the um, greenhouse gas emissions that are used to produce you know certain plastic um, products and also in um, destroying landfill and that kind of thing. Um, all contribute to climate change, which I think you guys spent a lot of time thinking about last week. Um, and um, yeah, I think we as Christians have a real um, responsibility to consider how we're using um, these things. And because um, though we we ourselves might not see the impacts of our um, you know plastic use and our um, um, the way that we dispose of our trash and and that kind of thing. Um, you know, the effects of climate change impact the world's most vulnerable way more than they actually impact us, even though we as, you know, developed um, countries are actually contributing to, you know, 70% of um, the greenhouse gas emissions in the world. And so um, plastic use, I think, is another thing that can be chipped away at um, one by one. And also um, the use of, um, like, toxic and synthetic chemicals. Um, that's also a really great thing to be um, thinking about. Um, they not only pollute um, waterways and, um, you know, they also affect um, the, um, you know, people who, um, uh, you know, they affect the water supply for people um, in poorer countries who have, um, I guess, fewer means of water san um, um, sanitation and that kind of thing. Um, and um, a really great app um, for that to kind of find, more, find out more about what kind of chemicals are in the products that you're using um, is called Think Dirty. Um, so the app basically allows you to scan like the barcodes of certain products or look them up on the app and it'll rate them from zero to 10 based on how clean or dirty the product is. Um, I think the app is based in America though, so there might be a few products that you can get here that might not be on the app. But um, yeah, there are so many tools out there that enable us to, I guess, educate ourselves a bit more about what we're putting into our bodies, into our homes um, and what we're using and the impacts that's having, you know, down the track, even though we might not see it and I think it's about um yeah just caring I think at the heart of ethical living is a real love and compassion for um for the vulnerable and you know the uh, the world that we live in fantastic mm. and Jen just similar thoughts I mean you've mentioned we've talked about fashion you talked about coffee any other areas that you have become aware of that you're trying to yeah that you can pass on advice or tools um yeah I guess following on from um, Courtney, I guess the framework is to think, hey, so in the decisions I make in buying, um, it, it's a way of loving our neighbour um, and caring for the world, um, and that can look different for everybody. Um, um, thinking about another app that I... So I've, I, I um, got this earlier in the year, and I was really sad to see that Uniqlo got a really bad score. So I s right? But now, if you open it... I just did, as soon as I sat down, because this is updated, isn't it, very recently. It's no longer a D or E or whatever it was. It's a B plus. B plus, So I'm going well back done, to Uniqlo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's positive change. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they went very good at reporting. Um, yeah, so that's um, a win. And so another one, maybe, I don't know if, you can give your thoughts on it. Was good on you is another app yeah. that I was recommending because that has um, fashion but also jewelry uh, in terms mm -hmm. of how people are cared for in the making process. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Um, I wanted to just because before we throw questions back out, Susie, I wanted to give you the 
the final word in terms of the panel, because um, you guys can have your own conversation up here in a second. But, but the question did come up about companies themselves. I mean, you've, um, you guys have produced the Ethical Fashion Guide, but it was mentioned that companies are starting to either put you know, emblems that say we're green or we're ethical, um, and websites that maybe want to tell us more about um, where things have come from. It seems like this is slowly coming into fashion. Are you noticing that that's the trend? I is, it, is it more possible, because you just talked about all the positive change over the decades, is, are you starting to see that companies are willing to be more open and honest and vulnerable about what they're doing? That, that would be a big generalisation, but um, we, this is the first year we haven't had um, a little graph at the front um, which shows the change. We've actually tracked the change of companies each year, so we've been able to see each year we've had more companies engage, we've had more companies increasing their grade. Um, we had one of our researchers was invited by Cotton On to go to Shanghai just a few months ago and speak at a conference to all the factory managers in Bangladesh and, and China um, to talk about how Australian consumers care about this sort of thing. Um, there was a big fashion conference in Copenhagen a couple of months ago as well. One of our researchers went to that too and it was all about sustainable. Um, there was another conference that, um, that one of my colleagues went to recently that said the consumers say they care about um, ethical more than they really are buying but it's enough to get the companies thinking about it themselves. I had a couple of questions in the break about how we, how we get the companies to tell us they're really doing the right thing. They want the good grades, that's their big incentive but we, we are, you know, we, we're not wrapping them over the knuckles in any other way. They actually do want to do it. And now, I mentioned the Bond Slavery Act. We now have um, government legislation that's requiring companies to report themselves to show that, that they don't have bond slavery. So yes, there's a movement, definitely. Yeah. Fantastic. What we wanted to do at our last 15 minutes, um, because some of you have thought about this as well, and just at your table, it would be really good for you to talk about it and to put up on the screen and um, what are some things that either you have been challenged to do tonight or things that you have heard about, maybe that we haven't talked about. But it, this is a chance for us to take 15 minutes just for you to give your feedback and you guys can talk about it and you can put some stuff up there on the screen as well and then maybe you can, we can take a picture of it and, and you can get take, have some good take home ideas. So just take, let's say the next 10 minutes or so, talk at your tables, how would you like to respond? Challenges that you want to put out to us all and, and please feed them back. 